Welcome to Crossing Swords, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Robert Baratheon and Eddard Stark. Man, there was a bear up there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Okay, you can unmute. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> Just kidding. It's close the door. Hi, guys. No, I'm going to keep it. Gonna keep <laughs> We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's uh, intro ourselves. I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post. Uh, Chicky. Hi, this is Chicky. I'm Chickren on Tumblr. Uh, Whitey. Hi, this is YD, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Eon. Hi, this is Eon, and you can find me at Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And we have a brand new guest joining us tonight, Alice. Hi, I'm Alice, and I'm Apples Are Happy on Tumblr. Yay! Yay! Us. We love new people. Oh, and I'm Lot Lady of Tarth Hyphen Post on Tumblr. Okay, so before we start the uh, recap. This is uh, not a spoiler-free zone. We will spoil everything Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm just going to put a rape trigger in here now. I don't even can't remember if there's any rape discussion. I was just about to say, I don't think there's any rape in this episode or any even any allusions to rape. I don't think but so. But I could be wrong. I'm just putting it in there. <laughs> just in case. There's boobs. There's know. boobs in this episode. That's about it. No, there are boobs. Okay. That uh, is true. Breastuses triggering. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to discuss season one, episode three of Game of Thrones. Um, we open up with Ned and company arriving at King's Landing, immediately um, asked to meet with Grand Maester Pycelle by some lackey. And uh, you kind of get the hint that Ned's northern attire isn't really up to the standards of what they expect in the south because he asks him if he'd like to go and change first. <laughs> I don't know. Right? And is rewarded by the best Ned death stare in reply. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fish out of water for sure. Um, so anyway, the next scene is in the throne room, and we see Jay- uh, Jamie just kind of hanging out at the base of the throne. He rises and greets Ned as he walks in. Um, they speak about the torture and the death of Ned's brother and father, and how it was at the order of the King Ares, the Mad King, and how 500 men watched and did nothing. Jamie says, as he killed the king later, how he felt like it was justice. And instead of being acknowledged, he is met with disdain from Ned. You know, I like this scene, but I get so kind of irritated at at the characterization of Jamie. And I think they're basing it on the scene in the books where Jamie talks to Catelyn about what happened when Rickard and Brandon Stark were killed. But I don't know, there's something kind of like, like Jamie... I don't know, like, like, like pleading with, with Ned to understand him a little bit or something that just yeah. doesn't feel very Jamie to me. It's, yeah. I don't know, it's that off to me. That didn't with me either, yeah. because that's not Jamie. Jamie is inwardly, yes, I think this stuff concerns him, but he would never, never sort of confront that with someone outwardly. Like, really, mm-hmm. in the books, the only time we get, you know, a, a true gauge, I guess, of how Jamie feels about it 
vocally is when he talks to Brienne, and that's not, you know, well into swords. So to me, um, I feel the same way as Chicky. It didn't really sit right with me. Yeah, it's I just mean, not like him to try to justify it, to especially right. Ned, of all mm. people, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. It'd exactly. be him mm-hmm. trying to suck up a little bit of his pride, and he's not going to do that. <laughs> she, well, that's James really... <laughs> Jamie has this sort of take-me-as-I-am attitude for the most part. So, yeah, to see him almost pleading with Ned to understand why he did this is, you know, it's it's not, it's not Jamie to me. Yeah. I yeah. do like the point you made, too, that, like, inwardly he's probably thinking it and hoping mm. it, but he would never say it. I don't think so either. Yeah. Maybe it's for the show watchers so they know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah. that's a good point, Alice, because there are a couple of times in this episode where we get little hints about what happened with Jamie and Eris. It happens in this scene and it also happens later on in the scene with Robert and Barriston mm-hmm. um, where Jamie gives a little clue as to what happened, um, which, again, we don't get in the books until well into Swords. So I think you may be right. It may be a little bit of something just to provide a little bit of background or a hint to the to the show watchers. And what's kind of interesting about rewatching this scene is we realize later how this is impacts Jamie when we get to the hair and hole bath scene. Like it kind of sticks in his jaw. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the next scene uh, is Ned. Hang on. Sorry. I have to say, um, I watched this episode with the commentary and the commentary has the kids. So it's Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner and, um, oh God, what is that? Isaac, Isaac Hempstead Brown, Hempstead Brown or something. Is that right? Hempstead Wright. Hampson right. Thank you. Thank you. And it's a gorgeous little commentary. Like the kids are really cute. You can tell they're still quite young. But in this scene, for this scene, um, I just had to point out all the kids were raving about how nice Nikolai is. And Sophie <laughs> Turner has got to be the biggest Jamie and Nikolai fangirl. She was just going on about, he's so good. I love Jamie's story. Uh-huh. And I just thought, she speaks for our fandom, I think. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> really I love the part with. I love the part with Isaac Hempstead, right? And he was saying that Nikolai was so nice whenever he pushed him out the window. Yes. Yeah, that comes later. That was really good. Because <laughs> the girls were asking him, oh, you know, you worked with Nikolai. What do you like? And he's like, well, I loved it when he pushed me out a window. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so the next seed is Ned and he's arriving at the small council meeting. Um, Varys is there. Renly is there. This, I thought it was kind of um, nice how Ned was so friendly with Renly. Kind of. I like that too. He seemed really happy to see him, which yeah. you know makes sense. But one loves nice. Renly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Littlefinger's there. Um, he mentions Cat a little bit. And uh, Ma- Maester Pycelle is also there. Uh, Ned is given the hand, uh, the pin of the hand. Um, we are informed Stannis is not present. Um, they announce Robert wants a tournament in celebration of Ned's appointment as hand. Ned learns the crown is six million dollars in debt. Well, six million gold coins in debt. Dragons. It's dragons. Dra- dragons. Say it. No. <laughs> dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we love it. Don't change for us, Lost. Don't change for us. Never change. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I thought it was really funny his reaction. He's so aghast that they're that much in debt, and he's like pretty much a party pooper. He's like, no, we can't afford a party. Not happening. <laughs> no party. 
And I love how Peter Baelish is just like, oh, what's another 80,000? Like, we're already like 6 yeah. million in debt or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, God. If that's a guy you want. He's the master of coins. <laughs> totally. This is, is, this is the first introduction we get to Littlefinger in the show, isn't it? I think so. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we see like one of these voice is different, too. Oh, I was about to say, it's the first introduction to Aidan Gillen's changeable accent. And I think it yes. kind of begins with a lazy pirate Littlefinger. It's not quite up to his, uh, like, later pirate Littlefinger. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a whole new Littlefinger. Every episode, it's a whole new Littlefinger. <laughs> Every scene. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene is Cersei, and she's tending to Joffrey's wounds that he received at the, the bite from Nymeria. She gives him a lesson in revisionist history. <laughs> she also tells him he must marry Sansa, but when he's king, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. Uh, uh, she gives him some really mm-hmm. good motherly advice. I mean, if he wants oh, to yeah. fuck painted whores, then he can fuck painted whores. Yeah, some good mothering right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, on first watch, I can remember thinking, you know, oh, this is just some really bad parenting she's doing. But, you know, you know, I was just thinking, you know, now on the, on this, the second watch, though, like you can really feel like the venom in her voice. And I think Cersei, she really knows a thing or two about husbands not giving a fuck now. That's what she's pretty much talking about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just love how she's giving all this PR that- advice. It's kind of yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I also like her line that she says to Joff about him being a warrior, like his father. A little shout out to uh, perhaps a book, book reader. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, let's see. Joffrey uh, wants... Well, this is what Joffrey wants. He wants a standing royal army. Um, he wants to double the Northerners' taxes. And you know, he goes on for a bit. He's really quite pissed about this whole <laughs> um, bite by uh, Arya's wolf. And Cersei somewhat reels him back. and um, But she ends the scene with the line that anyone who isn't us is an enemy. Mm. Yep. Yep. Oh, show Cersei. <laughs> Hmm. Right. Or something. Uh, so the next scene is Stark breakfast table. Arya is stabbing the table with a knife, calls Sansa a liar. Uh, she's immediately dismissed for her bad behavior. Uh, Ned speaks with Sansa, gives her a doll. Sansa is not thrilled, leaves the table. Um, yeah, that doll kind of looks like Varys to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I want a Varys doll. <laughs> Although it wouldn't have hair to brush, and I like brushing hair when I have dolls. I was about to say, when I was a kid, when I was a kid and I used to have dolls, the first thing I did was, like, cut their hair off. So that would save me some time. <laughs> so Ned visits you our... Oh, you did? <laughs> Thank God I found my people. <laughs> I didn't have a Ken doll, so I should... I didn't have a Kendall either. It was a great tragedy. So you cut your hair in the dog's hair. (laughs) So Ned visits Arya in her room, discovers her with her sword, and he tells her a little lady shouldn't play with swords. Um, They talk about Micah and Joffrey and Sansa. Arya asks how Ned can let her marry someone like that, meaning Joffrey, of course. Um, Ned tells her that winter is coming and they must protect each other. They are in a dangerous place. They can't fight alone. He gives her back her sword. And he says, if you're going to own a sword, you better learn how to use it. 
that's the end of that scene. Anybody got anything to chime in with that one? I really like that scene. Just a father-daughter scene. They are adorable together, I think. Yeah, they Mm. are. It's really relatable, too. And it's purposely done, too, because, well, we know what happens at the end of the season, so it's just, like, extra gut-wrenching when it does. They built... Well, I just had a little note about that, actually, but I didn't know if I could say it because of the spoiler warnings, but... um, We uh, we spoil (laughs) everything, so if you got spoiled for it... (laughs) Well, I just have to say that I'm very pleased that Boromir got to settle down and raise some kids before he gets killed off again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. At least you um, got a family this time. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't that make it worse? Um. Oh, maybe. Maybe for his kids. For his kids. Oh. So, uh, back in the north, uh, Bran is in bed, and Old Man is by his side, um, chatting. And then she offers to tell a story about Sir Duncan the Tall. Yay! Oh well, my God, I love. Yes. Actually. I actually love that she shouted out to Sir Duncan the Tall because there's this theory that old Nan and Sir Duncan the Tall were kind of like an item. Getting it on. Yeah. Even Bran. Yes. Bran even has like this dream where he sees yes. this really tall knight and like this skinny, willowy, brown haired girl. And it's most likely old Nan. And yeah. he's also, George R. R. Martin has also hinted that not only is Bran a descendant of Sir Duncan the Tall. But there's a couple other descendants running around in Westeros, and one of those is Hodor. Hodor. So, yes. yeah. And Old Man is, uh, what, Hodor's great-grandmother? Is that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So, you know, the descendant of Old Man and Dunk, I'm, I'm totally up for that theory. Yeah, yeah we don't have enough he, descendants of Dunk around, right? I can't think of any others. Can you guys? Um, I think, um, remember Small Paul in the Night's Watch in um, A Storm of Swords? Yeah. No, I was just making a joke yeah. about Brienne, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I think that's one of them. Um, so she tells the story of the long winter of white walkers and smothered babies, frozen kings. <laughs> I, I kind of like Old Nan. I, I would enjoy her story. Yeah, it's a great monologue. Oh, yeah. Oh, the music. And I think the casting. The casting was really good. And such a shame that the the actress passed away, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we enjoyed you. Thank you. Yeah. I did. You you snuck in some sweet summer child for us. Thank you very much. You sure did. (laughs) Yes. Uh, in the next scene, we have um, actually no, it's still carry on of the same scene. It's Rob, and he comes in to visit Bran. He uh, dismisses Nan, and then he wants to know how Bran fell. Bran says he can't remember anything, and then Bran asks about his legs if it's true that he's not, you know, not going to walk again. And then he says he'd rather be dead, and he says it twice. That's I love the scene. Yeah, I love it. Says so much about Bran. I mean, you know, he's such a little kid, but um, he really does have a very distinctive personality, and it is fairly formed um, early on. You know, he he is stubborn. I mean, you know, a lot of people just wouldn't survive what he's been through, and it is his stubbornness mm. and stuff. So I kind of like that. Even though he's this little kid, he is very firm. Like you know, like I do want to die. You know, I mean, like <laughs> you wouldn't think of like what is he supposed to be in this nine? 
yeah. or eight, you know, you wouldn't think of a kid that age, you know, having like a suicidal thought, but for Bran, it somehow fits. I'm really happy uh, that they threw that in. You do. I do kind of compare him the most, I think, with Arya. I think they share some similarities in their personality. They've definitely got that stubbornness. They're a bit darker, oh, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, dark. <laughs> the dark Dark describes Bran pretty well. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I guess out of all the Stark kids that are still alive, <laughs> they've oh, had the, the worst. <laughs> They're the out of the living happy. ones. Out of the living ones. Um, you know, they're the ones that are hit with the bad stuff. <laughs> Although then we also have Sansa. Let's face it, they all get hit with the bad stuff. Poor stuff. Well, she's yeah. dark Sansa now. <laughs> Sorry. She's oh, sexy, Sansa. dark Sansa. Dark Sansa. Sansa. Um, so the next scene is Catelyn and she's with that guy. What's his name? Is it Roger? Roderick Cassell. Roderick. Okay. Roderick. I did. Roderick of the awesome, awesome facial hair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Imagine being his barber, trying to convince him to try something <laughs> different. <laughs> you guys know that this actor is actually Daniel Portman's dad? What? I believe. No. Sure yeah. Podrick. Podrick's dad. Yeah. In real life. Wow. In real life. Not, not on the show. Awesome. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Cool. The best the best um line in this scene um is when they're inter so Catelyn and Roderick are intercepted by uh Littlefinger or they're taken to Littlefinger's brothel and Catelyn says to Littlefinger, she's not impressed about being in a brothel and she says, You take me for some back alley Sally? I'm like, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is that a saying that I'm not aware of? That was really I funny. know, is that like a Westerosi thing? Because it sounds more modern day to me. It does, it does. Yeah. It sounds like a, a, somebody who's really lame would say too. Like, <laughs> it sounds like some awkward thing or something. Yeah. Catelyn's not a cool mom. No, she, she's kind of she's kind of a dork. <laughs> she fit in well here. <laughs> I don't even imagine saying back alley Sally. So she's a dork. Yeah, that's. So if our Texan wouldn't say it, then you know, <laughs> super dork. How we gauge things around here? Not what cool, Catelyn. Say it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, she's pretty pissed that uh, Baelish has brought her to his brothel. Um, <laughs> Lord Varys uh, comes in, and uh, that's how we learn that they he knew she was there. He's been spying on her. He asks about the dagger, and it's Valerian Steel. Um, he says he doesn't know who the owner is, and then Lord Baelish gets all kind of gleeful about this and says, well, I know, I know whose it is. It's mine. Uh, <laughs> How did he I gotta get? Say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. How did he get a Valerian steel knife? Oh, he says um, that. So he was betting on a on a tawny. I think um, Jamie was fighting. Was it Loras? Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, and then he okay. bet on Jamie, and Jamie lost. So. Oh, you sorry. Ha- yeah, but no. How how did Peter Baelish get it yeah. to begin with? Is actually a yeah, really great question. A, that's a good question. One. One of many huge plot holes with this whole knife and the assassin sent after Bran thing. I mean, this is one of those areas, it's kind of like, we, we kind of brought up the whole, you know, why did Khal Drogo marry Danny? And this is another section where, you know, we will find out later that, that George wants us to believe that, that Joffrey tried to have um, Bran assassinated. But the whole thing is really flimsy. I think that's retcon. I think originally George intended for it to be Cersei. And then he realized he had a problem where, where Cersei probably would have gone to Jamie with it. This is one of those really kind of weak weak points in the plot for me personally. We may get mail about this. I don't know. But, yeah. But I have <laughs> to say, hasn't the show for, pretty much hasn't the show forgotten about this whole 
Valerian oh, yeah, still much. dagger? I think they drop it. I think they drop it completely. And, you know, George tries to wrap it up with the Joffrey thing. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's at, at, uh, at uh, Joffrey's wedding breakfast that Tyrion realizes that it was probably Joffrey. And I think Jamie eventually comes to that conclusion as well. But that's really all the conclusion that George ever gives us on it. But I have to say with this scene, did anyone else feel like Aidan Gillen was really phoning it in? I honestly, I feel I felt that way about him throughout this episode and throughout many of the earlier episodes. Yeah, I don't remember this from the first time that I watched this, and I I did rewatch it before season four started, and I don't know why I didn't notice it then. But man, I really feel like you know I'm I'm such a big fan of Aiden Gillen after the Wire. I, I was surprised yeah. to watch these and kind of go, man, is he even bothering? He's, I don't really know. Yeah, it was it, it was yeah. interesting to me because I recall. At he, when he was um, casted, um, there was a lot of, you know, yay, Aidan Gillen, you know, we love him from The Wire, I think he's going to be amazing. And then I think it was a little bit of a letdown um, in his portrayal. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he didn't know what to do with the part. I'm not really sure. I it mean, was, I mean, do you think it's because of, you know, accent difficulties? Is that... You know, it's so funny a- because I was going to say, I think accent is one of the least problems during this season... I mean, at least with this episode, I didn't feel like he had a huge accent problem. It's just more an acting problem. No, but more in terms of more in gleeful more in terms of him him concentrating too hard on the accent may affect his acting. Is what I was. That could be. I guess that could be. I don't know, but I mean, in the wire, he's doing an American accent and he does fairly well. I don't know. It's it's a mystifier. I mean, Michelle Fairley is great, and as we all know, Conleth Hill is amazing, and so maybe it's just yeah. the fact that they so overshadow him in these scenes. I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe as un- you say, unlike I mean, Kit Harrington not- or 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 um, Amelia Clark, it may be that he plays down rather than up when he's with a lot of talent in the scene. I don't really know. It's mm-hmm. a weird maybe one. You do wonder about the kind of direction he's getting because he he don't, really does make some questionable acting choices, in my opinion. What well, kind of reminds me of, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but the actor who plays Mace Terrell, we heard after season four that he said that he had had very little, I'm not going to say direction, but very little backstory on Mace's character. And that he found out some things after he, he'd been a ways into the season that, that meant that he would have played some of the scenes he'd already done differently. So I don't know if it's yeah, just maybe they didn't, didn't well, give him great he, direction. I thought he did a great job as Mace. I liked the, that actor as Mace. Yeah, no, I liked him too. It, it was something that he yeah. said. He actually said it himself. The actor said, "If yeah. I'd known X, Y, Z, I would have played these scenes differently." So it's I don't interesting know. Interesting. What, what with the, you know, perhaps the actors not getting a huge amount of background on their characters, and then along with that, ref- many of them refusing to to read the books or at least read more about their characters. <laughs> you wonder yeah. <laughs> just what kind of, mm-hmm. you know, put- it explains. It certainly explains some of the portrayals we've been getting. It really does. It really does. Yeah. But I hate, you know what, on a whole, on the whole, I think everyone's doing a pretty good job. Well, most people are doing yeah. a pretty good job. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah I mean, and this is, this is, these are complaints on a curve because I mean, you know, right. like I watch a lot of American TV and let me just flat out say these guys are <laughs> far above the average thing that you watch. I think it's just the fact that the caliber of the cast is so high that anyone who's, who's maybe not quite up to that level does stand out just a little bit. But well, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I love you, America. God bless America. <laughs> America, America, fuck yeah. Fuck okay. yeah, right? <laughs> I, for one, love our American overlords. <laughs> the UK, on the other hand. <laughs> Don't get me started on the UKers, okay? <laughs> 
Okay, uh, moving on, probably for my own benefit. Um, at the wall, we see some of the new recruits getting trashed. John is clearly the best of the lot. It's a short scene. And this is the beginning of where things get really choppy. When we do this recap, there's going to be a lot of these little scenes. This is the beginning of the love-hate relationship between John and Alistair Thorne. No, sorry, it's just hate-hate, really, isn't it? It's just hate-hate. Flat-out hate-hate with Alistair Thorne. But I love the... But was anyone else kind of sad to get these Pip and Grin scenes? Yeah! (laughs) I was so sad. I think that comes a bit in a later scene. But yeah, I I was like, oh, they're alive! Remember when... I just have to remember they are alive in the books, and then I need to not feel so bad. (laughs) That is important to remember. Unless they just spoiled you. No. Fuck. You, you, you stop. No, no, no. <laughs> so the next scene is Tyrion and Mormont. Um, they're, uh, Commander Mormont. They're watching Tyrion. Um, he's given a scroll from Winterfell. And that's the end of that. Back at King's Landing, Ned is also given a letter from Winterfell. Uh, Littlefinger asks if he's if it's good news and tells him he should share it with his wife. Uh, Ned is taken to Littlefinger's brothel, and uh, <laughs> Ned grabs Baelish by the throat and holds him against the wall, and uh, he's kind of choking him when Catelyn pops her head down and, you know, calls up down Ned, and uh, Baelish <clears throat> says as Ned leaves to go inside the brothel, the Starks, quick tempers, slow minds. He's not wrong. <laughs> okay, so... Catelyn is in the brothel to stay hidden there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why did yes. she pop her head out? Everyone right? can see her Good there. Question. No, I actually had the exact same The Starks. Quick temper, small mind. <laughs> She's a Tully. She's got no excuse. <laughs> She's a Stark now, baby. <laughs> been up and this, is, too long. this is the smartest Stark that there is, is hey, Catelyn. So, well, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe she's hoping they'll think that she's a whore impersonating Cat <laughs> and Tully, like the other whore that was impersonating Cersei. <laughs> this just went full spy story. <laughs> uh, so, anything else to add before we move on to the next? It was cute. It, actually, this was a really cute scene. I actually kind of like this scene. I do like the way Cat- Catelyn's head pops out of the window. That was quite yeah, cute. yeah, it's a comical Ned. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, in the armory at Castle Black, John gets jumped um, by the men he just beat up. Tyrion interrupts and um, he extinguishes the tussle with a few words. Um, John is upset um, that Ned let him come to the wall, and he, you know, he's just lying where he says no one told him what it really was. Tyrion gives John the scroll about Bran. Yeah, um, I, li- I really like this scene. I like John and Tyrion together, and I think the actors. Me too play well together as well um and it's it is interesting after what we discussed last week about how someone was talking it might have been comma actually about how people recruiting for the wall are kind of like you know they don't really tell you the whole truth and here we find out what that's true john is like completely disenchanted by what he's seen of the wall and how he's talking about everyone knew what this place was but no one told me except you Tyrion. and then Tyrion sort of knocks a little bit of sense into him he's you know, because I think what's John talking about is talking about how, you know, I'm so much better than all the other guys here. I'm a better fighter. And Tyrion saying, hey, you're not better than these guys. Um, you basically were just luckier in your upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I like that we do see that play out a little bit later when John yeah. goes to teach them. Um, I agree. It's really part. good because it's a really good it, – it, it really it really does pull from John's story in the books where – 
this is part of John's struggle at, at the wall. You know, John John's um, life story in his own head has been that he's had it rough because he's been the bastard child of Ned Stark. Exactly. And he, he didn't have these privileges that his, his true-born siblings had. And he gets to the wall, and, and this is where he realizes that, no, 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 he's had incredible privilege. He, ha- he has not exactly. been aware of the, the privilege that he's had, and it really is a really good wake-up call for him. And, you know, I, I kind of like the substitution of Tyrion for this scene. I mean, because who who better to say, yeah, no, this is this is reality than Tyrion. I mean, nobody is, is better aware of, of how to get along in the world as things are than Tyrion is. It's a really good scene. And I love how they play up this friendship between John and Tyrion. So, and I really hope that John and Tyrion meet up again, <laughs> just because of how I well did the too. show did this. And just going back to what you were saying, Chicky, about how it, it was... Um it seemed right that Tyrion was the one who was who was talking to John about this because, as you say, Tyrion. I mean, if you look at John and Tyrion's stories, they're a little bit similar in the way that Tyrion also comes from a highborn family, and yet he was the one who was treated with disdain. He was the the lowest of them, so they can sort of relate on that level as well. I think kindred spirits. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because you know, even even Tyrion has more to learn about this lesson later on. But you know, no, this was a really good intro. Yeah. No, it's a really good. This is one of the better things that George Martin does, and that the show, at least in this first season, I I got to give them credit for trying to explore this, the differences in classes and and yeah. everything. They really did a much better job in this first season than I think they did later on. But. I mean, it, it really, really does add a richness to the story, showing that you know, hey, P.S. guys, this is this is all about you know the the privilege of the nobility, <laughs> you know, and it's really yeah, good and that, that is, that. I think, these sorts of episodes where we have a sort of slower plot progression, they're really. You know, people may find them a bit more boring than the the action-packed episodes, but these are the episodes that are about, as you say, character building. We learn more about the characters' backstories. We learn more about, um, you know, the small folk versus the the privileged. Um, so it's all the all these sort of little nuanced kind of aspects to the story that we get in these slower episodes. Okay, um, so we get like a little short scene um, back at the brothel and it's Ned Cat and Peter Baelish and they're discussing the assassination attempt on Bran. Um, she says she trusts Peter and then she thanks him for his help. Uh, no, Catelyn, What were you no. saying before, Chicky, about Catelyn being the smartest of the Starks? <laughs> she is, though. She is the smartest one. I'm not saying which that she's like the smartest a, person alive. but Which is such a poor is- indictment on the Starks. Oh, God, she's their only hope, Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, no hope. that's the case. All hope is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. Okay. Uh, the next and it is. Is Cersei and Jamie? She's chastising Jamie for what happened with Bran. Um, he says, well, Bran hasn't said anything, so he can't figure out what she's raving on about. Tells her he'll go to war with Robert. They'll call it the war for Cersei's <laughs> cunt. <laughs> <laughs> she's so okay you know? oh. i gotta say i have a problem with this scene again and it's, it seems like more softening of cersei's character to me because i wouldn't have an issue if her main concern was the fact that there was an assassination attempt attempt and bran is still alive like if she was just saying you should have finished the job but what she's saying is no jamie he's a child we shouldn't be you know we shouldn't be hurting children i'm like what this <laughs> is not cersei she does think that in the book, mm. though, when we get internal um, thoughts. Uh, does she not say she never told him to push him? Or She does say, yeah, I think no, she, she does says, say kind yeah, of like she, this. Yeah. 
Well, come on. Yeah, it's, not really, it's not really the sentiment. It's more that she thinks he's an no, idiot exactly. for just acting without getting her yeah. orders, I feel like, than anything. Exactly. But, you know, yeah, she, she is the one... She is the one who says that it shouldn't have happened. That that is correct. But yeah, no, I feel like the tone here is that Cersei's worried because he's a little kid. When in reality, I think in the books, she's just worried because he probably could have solved it another way. Her her, her theory in the books is they could have solved it differently. Yeah, I think, or something. Yeah. Well, for me, like the problem I had with this scene is just the time frame that this conversation is happening because. King's Landing, the the trip from Winterfell to King's Landing is not a hop, skip, and a jump. And I think this conversation would have happened a lot sooner, maybe on the road, instead of waiting to talk about this in King's Landing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I assume this is one of those that they threw in. We've talked about this. They added a bunch of Jamie scenes when they found out their season was short. And I think um, both the the Ned and Jamie scene in this in this episode probably were an addition, and I feel like this this Jamie and Cersei scene was probably an addition as well, like an after the fact, even after the season was shot. I mean, it is it is based on a book incident. I mean, we know that this is true from from Jamie's Storm of Swords chapters. They do have this conversation. He doesn't say this thing about you know the war for Cersei's cut. Those are very much Jamie's words, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. The whole thing feels off. I have just never loved um, Nikolai and Lena's chemistry. They're both such great yeah. actors individually, but together, there's something about their scenes that throws me out of the scene and, and leaves me just kind of... They're uh, stiff. Yeah, I'm Honestly, cringing a little bit. I don't know like what to say. Those actors just don't feel that comfortable with each other. That's the, that's the sense that I get, and it makes me feel uncomfortable when I watch. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the level of comfort that you would expect from a brother and sister. I understand that they're supposed to have another can level of attention. You mean from a brother, a brother lover? <laughs> I was just gonna say, can I just throw this out here? Maybe it's because they're brother and sister. We feel uncomfortable. I feel like a brother. You know and what? Have a very I want relationship. No, I gotta say, I have. No, this is gonna sound bad. I have no issues with incest on TV. I watched the Borgias, and I thought that. <laughs> I totally was shipping. Shut up! I was totally shipping Cesare and Lucrezia. Sorry, trying not, not to about... make an Australian jokes. Trying so hard. You know, no, it's Tasmanian. It's Tasmanian. Oh God, I'm going to get so many angry letters. Oh. No, but seriously, like there, there have been ancestral relationships on TV that you do see the chemistry. Or at least I see the chemistry. But Yes, agree with Chicky, just not working for me. I, I feel like the actors and... I'm going to go, go out ahead, on a look. limb and I'm going to say I think you're in the minority, but if anyone wants to back Whitey up and send us in some messages or mail. Oh, dude, there's, there's plenty of shippers <laughs> of other ancestral pairings. No, I will back this up. I, I am fully on record as saying I don't have a huge issue with the Jamie and Cersei sexual relationship. I mean, like... I really don't. I mean, my problem just is I don't feel like the actors have the chemistry on the show. I feel like they should have better chemistry. I feel like I should be able to buy into their romance a little bit better, and I really never do. And that's, I'm saying that sincerely as someone who wants to. I mean, like, nobody loves that sex scene more than I do. Right? (laughs) Chicky and I were so disappointed that that scene wasn't hot. Okay. (laughs) I said, should have been hot, goddammit. I, I am going to go on record and say I find it icky and gross. Anything else before we move on to the next scene? No, I think well, it says, sorry. 
We're good. Well, the point the point of this scene is that we need our incest to be hot. No, wait, what was the point of that? <laughs> oh, and no banjos. <laughs> No we need to be able to believe our incest. We need believable incest. Wouldn't that be amazing if it was just the Game of Thrones theme song in banjo during the <laughs> just, just played over Jamie and Cersei's scenes. Oh, please, somebody make it on the scale. Make it so. Okay, so the next scene is Catelyn and Ned. Uh, they're saying farewell. Uh, it's a lo- oh, guys, this scene broke my heart. It breaks my heart every time. I just, this is uh, some excellent acting here. I really felt that these two are, you know, husband and wife totally in love. You can really feel the sort of deep love between Ned and Catelyn in this scene. And it's the last time they're going to see each other. Oh, gosh, can you see... See Ned's face. It's like all yes, Sean Bean. Man Bean. Oh my God. It's Man Bean. You're right. Sean Bean and Michelle Fairley both did amazing jobs with their faces in this scene. It really was a beautiful scene. Mm -hmm. I I I just think about. Sorry, go ahead, Alice. I just got reminded of the goodbye scene between Brienne and Jamie. No. Yeah. My heart. They do the exact same thing. Right, yeah, they have the similar... F7 um, made that um, gift set. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah, F7 um, on Tumblr made an amazing gift set that compares both goodbye scenes, and they really are shot similarly. It's, it was a really, really uh, clever gift set to do, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point, good point. Okay. Oh, and I just have to say, during this scene, the kids and the commentary, we found out that... Sophie's favourite couples in the show are, number one, Danny and Drogo, followed by two, Ned and Catelyn. I thought that was interesting. So no Jamie and Cersei. I bet you it's Jamie she... and Brienne now. I bet you money. I hope so. as, long, as long as it isn't Jamie and Sansa, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, no, no, I think she just wants Nikolai and Sophie. Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, I really like this next. I I really like this next scene. Um, it's King Robert, and he's speaking with Barristan Selmy, and uh, they're talking about their first kills uh, in battle. Uh, Lancel Lannister is there, and he's you know performing his duties, um, refilling Robert's cup with wine. Um, oh, Lancel! Yeah. Right? How about talk about bad wigs? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. oh god! <laughs> I know. Really you know. <laughs> this is a really cool original scene. This is an original scene, isn't it? This doesn't happen in the books. Oh, this does not happen in the books. No, no. I really, I really like this scene. I um, I don't know a lot. Did you want to do a little bit more summarizing? Before yeah, we I'll do a little bit more. Um, so Robert tells him that his name is stupid, and he bullies him. <laughs> the is empty, and tells him to get more wine. Um, so then he opens the door, and then we see Robert yell at um, Kingslayer at Jamie. Um, uh-huh. Uh, he tells them to get in here. Uh, he says he's surrounded by Lannisters, blonde hair and their smug faces. He belittles the <laughs> duties of the, um, I guess, the the king's guard. Um, he asks for his war stories. And then we learn that Jamie's first kill was an outlaw and he cut his head off. So he didn't have the last words. <laughs> Robert asks about the Mad King. Jamie responds. He said the same thing that he had been saying for hours, and that was burn them all. And that's yes. the scene. So in this scene, Robert, as you say, they're discussing war stories and talking about their first kills. And Robert also seems interested in 
um, the men that they killed and what their last words were. And I don't know, to me, this is a really good scene for building character for, I guess, all three of the men, but particularly Robert. Um, to me, in this scene, he seems quite regretful. He's sort of... You know, he talks about his first kill and it was a, I think it was like a Tali, a Tali boy. And he was saying, you know, if the kid had just hung back during the war, he could still be alive. Um, and then he thinks, well, what does that mean, still being alive? You know, living with, you know, a wife that's making him miserable and ungrateful sons. And he'd be waking three times a night to piss in a bowl. And he just, I don't know, for me, you get the sense that Robert's thinking about his own role in the war and, I guess, Liana's ghost and, and what could have been. You sort of get that sense that it still haunts him and, you know, he's stuck with a wife that despises him. He's stuck with a son who's a disappointment. Um, so, you know, to me, it sort of felt like a bit of a regretful conversation. Yeah, he was definitely speaking about, you know, he was definitely speaking about himself when he was doing that whole bit. Yeah. And oh, I think, um, you, you know, he's, he's, oh, go ahead, uh, Ion or Chiki, both okay. of you wanted to say Leanna, something. Go ahead, Well, I'm glad you mentioned Liana because I was really wondering what Rhaegar's last words were whenever Robert killed him. And well, didn't, I did, didn't they say? I, I did a little research on it and apparently yeah. that, um, a World of Ice and Fire app yeah. confirmed that Rhaegar's last word was, was Liana? Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, so it's interesting. It really? And Robert does yeah. say, I yeah. think, later on that, you know, he, he says that Rhaegar really won their battle anyway because Rhaegar's the one who's with Lyanna now. Right. Oh, that's yeah. really sad. Yeah. I like so, I you know, like you... about the scene. I like what, what Mark Addy brings to it. I think he brings sort of yeah. a, a third dimension to, to Robert Baratheon that, Personally, I don't feel in the books. I mean, Robert Baratheon's one of those figures who, you know, on one hand, you get him, you understand him, but on the other side, you you really kind of hate him, too, for some of the things that he's done. Yeah. Um, I think Mark Addy really brought a, a human, yes, I don't know, dimension I to, to Robert that I yeah. never felt in the books. Um, which I really do appreciate. I mean, you, you know, he, he is—he is clearly a human being who has has failed on many levels, and yet succeeded once, very young, in a very big way. And and he's just kind of lived with the fallout of that success ever since. Right, and, and that's, I, what, that's I, the sense. Sorry, I was just going to say that's the sense you get here is that he's looking at his life choices, and I don't know. To me, it kind of feels like he was. <laughs> sort of even just sort of thrust into this role that he wasn't ready for, that he didn't even really want or it didn't turn out the way that he was expecting. And now he's stuck in this in this situation where he's, you know, <laughs> he's with Cersei, he's with Joffrey, neither of them give him much joy. Almost, he's ruling. Uh, Go ahead, Lot. As I say, it almost feels like he's this ex-high school football player that just keeps reliving the yeah. big game. Right, he's glory like, though. Like a yeah. burnout yeah. rock star. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really great. It's really he is one of the most effective castings to date. I feel like Margatti, even though he Absolutely. he's far too small for this role. I mean, a, a lot yeah. was made about his physicality not being correct, but I think yes. everything I that he that. brought to the role of Robert Baratheon was just spot on. I think it was exactly what the role needed for the show. People thought he was too small. He is yeah, too small. He's, he's a very short like guy. Super tall, <laughs> super big. Robert's meant to be as tall as Brienne and right. bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's buff, super uh, buff when he's young, and then fat when he's old. Well, I yeah, he's even, meant to be huge. I never even realized he was short, so I think he played it big. I think he made up for it. Absolutely, that's good. That's Absolutely. good. Yeah. 
It's a good way of putting it. All right. So the next, I do like. I gotta say too, I love that we get a little bit of Barristan here. You know, the show has really given full life to Barristan as much as they possibly could, and I do appreciate that. I really, Barristan was one of the surprising things that I enjoyed about um, Dance when we finally got there, and I, I have to say that I really appreciate that the show really tried to give him a fair shake for the first season. I hope that they continue that for season five. Yeah, and I like I the little interaction really like- between him and Jamie as well. You sort of get the that impression that Jamie sort of looks up to him, which I thought was nice. Fan totally. He, Jamie's fanboying. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's looks Jamie. up, but I, I think there's there's kind of that professional courtesy going on here. I feel like neither of them are necessarily fans of one another, and yet you, you do get that feeling of, of kind of like acknowledging one another's skills. Because even though, you know, Barrison has very little respect for Jamie later on, he acknowledges, you know, how good a swordsman Jamie was and how, how great he was when he was young and everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Jamie sort of respects Barristan. As you say, I don't think there's a reciprocal, really, respect there, other than Barristan, as you say, appreciates Jamie's, you know, skill with a sword. Yeah, you can't respect the Kingslayer, just can't. <laughs> I respect the Kingslayer. <laughs> Brienne respects the Kingslayer, and that's all we need. Well, that's she respects the crap out of him. <laughs> she respects him naked, sorry. <laughs> we all let's let's go to the so dothraki c um jorah tells daenerys that the dothraki do not have um they do not use money their slaves are gifts when one slave gets beat uh daenerys orders them to stop um she goes for a walk in the grass oh, this was so weird that she would do this um this now is, when you say grass, grass is this gonna does this look like does this look like a marijuana forest to anyone else? Because yes, I was sitting there going, "Is this just a well, huge field?" Apparently, of if they have a, marijuana fields in Belfast, I mean, they said it was filmed in Belfast. <laughs> Guys, this is the grass that's going to cause the apocalypse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna the anti-apocalypse. Everyone's gonna be mellow and happy. Good time. Good time. <laughs> anyway, so Viserys finds her, and he's pretty pissed. She ordered them to stop. He grabs her by the throat. Ricaro um, finds them, and he whips, uses his whip, and it goes around Viserys' throat, and he starts to strangle him and asks if uh, she wants Viserys dead. Um, she should maybe take an ear to teach him, you know, respect. And Daenerys tells Ricaro to let him go. Viserys yells at Jorah to kill them, you know, when he finally catches his breath. He refuses. Then uh, Viserys tries to mount his horse to leave and he is told he needs to walk now. So that's the end of that. So just a bit of a power shift. Yeah, in the books, it's actually Danny who gives the order to take Viserys' horse away from him. So they're sort of doing a more slow build, I guess, to her coming into her queendom or her Khaleesi-dom. But, yeah, oh, in the scene, you right. certainly get the sense that... She has him right on wagons or something, right, after this? Is that um, right? I thought he had to walk. Something like that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is but, really humiliating, right? <laughs> right. Right. But you really get the sense in the scene that, yes, there has been a bit of sh- a shift in Danny's thought process in terms of where she's at and... I guess what she needs to be, where she needs to get to. So whilst we don't have her have doing the the action, I guess um, we have her saying, you know, I am a Khaleesi. Um, so yeah. it's more of a slow build, I think, than in the books. The books kind of get there a bit quicker. But yeah, here we yeah. we don't have Danny giving the order to to humiliate or hurt her brother. We it's Ricari that makes that decision. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, not a queen, not a Khaleesi. I mean, I'm a Khaleesi now. Not a queen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, I also got to say, I really got shades of uh, of Joffrey in the way that Viserys is acting in this scene where he's screaming out, I am your king. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> he really is a grown up Joffrey. He's a brat. Yeah. They both are brats. Yeah, I got to say, I love. I love the interaction between Eerie and Ricaro here too. I I had forgotten that they Me had this too. Thing in the show. Yeah, and later on as well. It was the, really in cool, with, right? Uh, with Jorah, the scene later, yeah. you also get a little bit yeah. of that banter between Eerie and Ricaro. Yeah, I really like them together. I, I totally, I totally ship it, but you know, it's doomed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I ship it too. It Me is too, totally dude. fucking doomed. All the it ships. is adorable. This, this, this should just put the whole Missandei and Grey Worm thing into perspective because that's <laughs> fucking doomed. <laughs> yeah, everything's doomed. I don't even know why we're into the yeah. show for these books. Okay, yeah. back north at the wall, John goes for a ride on the lift. Um, he's at the top of the wall where he finds Benjen, which I know you guys Hot are Hot Uncle Benjen finally gets some lines. <laughs> you guys God, are excited ever. about that. They hug. I'm so excited. John takes a peek at the northern side of the wall. Benjen is about to head out on a range. John wants to go, and he's shot down. Yeah, he's John's getting some more reinforcement here. That he's uh, not all that. They kind of like check your privilege, John. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uncle Benjen just what? like shuts him down. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, you're staying here. Here, a man gets what he earns when he earns it. Is what he says. So John, gotta, John's not having a good day. He's getting shoveled down into the dirt. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel like this is such incredible casting. What's this guy's name? Somebody we had an anonymous write in, right? With this, with the actor's name. Damn it, I can't remember. Oh what it was, God, I don't have it. He's so quickly. good as Benjen. Yeah, but you, so er, good sorry, so Friday, you do my checking. <laughs> I'll do it. Check I'll do your fact checking, Chicky. No, but he is so hot in this role. Not only that, but I feel like he's perfectly cast as Sean Bean's yeah. brother. Um, like not only yeah, Joseph Mall. Joseph Mall, yeah, that's it. He he there has the go. accent down, but I feel like he just kind of has some of Sean Bean's mannerisms. It is incredible that's casting so funny, as Benjamin. I had the same thought when I was watching. It's it's not just uh, the the accent, and he does he really does sound like Sean Bean. Like yeah. I closed my eyes and it sounded like Sean Bean. Um, you're right. It's also the the way he moves, um, the way he talks. It's really 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 good casting. I think. And yeah, yes, he has that northern accent, and everything about it is just perfect. Oh gosh, Benjamin Stark was never so hot as when this guy was Benjamin Stark. I don't know what else to say about it. And then he turns into cold hands. God damn it! <laughs> Make it happen. I like how uh, they finish that conversation with Benjamin telling John, "We'll talk when I get back." People really need oh, to stop. Gosh, oh no. yeah, say that. They really no. do need to stop saying that to John. <laughs> We're talking two, three weeks when I get back. (laughs) Nope. Benjamin, I love you and I'll miss you and I'll never forget you, just FYI. He's still alive in my heart, Chicky. Okay, we're done fawning over (laughs) Benjamin. You do that on your own time, (laughs) though. Okay, so the next scene is Tyrion and he's sharing stories with uh, that dude that goes south. What's his name? Yorin. 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 Thank you. I'm sorry, I forgot. Jesus. Get out. (laughs) Benjen comes in and takes offense uh, to what Tyrion is saying and he asks him if he thinks they are an army of jesters. And I just love the slide where Tyrion says there's not enough of them to be an army and none of them are funny. <laughs> 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 
They exchange words about the wildlings, what's north of the wall. Benjen says the wildlings aren't what's causing him to lose sleep. Uh, he leaves and uh, he's heading out north. Uh, Yorin, is- I love the I love this scene. This is such a, sh- it's a show invention, but I really love it. it's kind of like um, Ned and Jamie light. It's like the diet version of Ned and Jamie when you nice. get Tyrion and Benjen going at, yeah. it, at the wall. It's kind of cool. It, it was a good it was a good show invention. I like this. Obviously, more yeah, Benjen, like so it's youngest, better. It's like it's like the younger son's version of, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Yorin is heading down to King's Landing and Tyrion suggests that they share the road. They travel together. And that's it. Is he coming on to him? <laughs> God, I hope so. Oh, no. That's possible. He's starting another cracky ship. Oh, oh God. God. What is it? Um, Tyrion? No, I didn't. This even work. Oh, that's a hard... Let's just bro TP it. Let's just bro TP it. Okay. <laughs> Good call. I like how we decide who we ship, depending on whether we can come up with a good ship name. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, not shipping it. Daenerys. Yeah, it should be it should be Yorian. 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 Maybe. Okay, so Daenerys is um, learning how to speak Dothraki, and then we find out she's pregnant. And then Eerie uh, fills her up. Yep. Oops. Yeah, that scene was a bit weird. Like, she... <laughs> she just like grabbed her boob. Like, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, she knew she oh. was pregnant. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was uh, weird. A little weird. Jorah and Rakaro are looking at their blades by the campfire, <laughs> discussing the advantages of each. They are interrupted by Daenerys, his uh, handmaiden. She's having. It's eerie. Eerie. Yeah, her uh, name's Eerie. She's yeah. having cream. I'm pretty sure this is Eerie, right? Not Jiki? Yeah, it is Eerie. I checked. Yeah, Eerie. Yeah. Okay. That's why I just went with Handmaiden. <laughs> <laughs> handmaiden number two. <laughs> so we are. Uh, she's having cravings and doesn't want horse meat. Um, she tells them that Danny is pregnant. Well, they kind of put up some resistance about going out to find some alternative food. Joy, oh, yeah, I love how dog meat is an alternative to horse meat. Like, no, it isn't. What are you talking <laughs> No, please, some please, people no. eat dog. <laughs> oh God, Lord, have you eaten dog? Oh, no, I haven't eaten dog. I've eaten a lot of <laughs> Dog is not one of them. But actually, it's, well, it's on her list under, under Quokka. <laughs> Oh my god. So I announces that he needs to ride to Kohol. Uh, I don't know. Kohor. 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 You know what I did find really interesting about this is prior to him finding out that Daenerys is pregnant, he's talking about betraying his father. So he's talking about betraying, you know, Jorah Mormont, and now he's about to go betray Daenerys. I said catch. Jorah, Jorah is just a pile of betrayal. What's <laughs> Jorah Mormont? <laughs> Such a pretty Scum. pile of betrayal. <laughs> Scumbag Jorah. <laughs> Uh, back, at kiss. <laughs> <laughs> back at Castle Black, John is beating up some more of his brothers. Um, he heeds Tyrion's advice and starts to instruct them. So he's starting to make friends. Tyrion and Maester Aemon and Commander Mormont um, speak of winter and how the wildlings are starting to flee south. Um, they claim to have seen White Walkers. Master Eamon says less than a thousand men of them are now at the wall. 
mostly boys and old men, and they lack resources. Mormont asked Tyrion if he could request help from Cersei and the king. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Anything you want to add about that before we go on to the next? No, that is what it is. All right. Uh, Danny and Drogo are all naked and cuddling. Um, Aerith tells Drogo, it's a boy. They have good Is she psychic? Yeah, she just knows. She must be psychic. Yeah, she does. I think she does this in the books, though. She's convinced it's a boy. Yeah, she knows. Doesn't she have kind of premonitions and stuff a little bit? Yeah, I feel like she does. I can't really remember. She's convinced it's a boy. I I know that. Well, she's right. I don't know why. She's right. Yeah, she's right. Uh, I just want to say, too, I think they have chemistry. I kind of like watching them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these two Mm -hmm. have chemistry. I just thought they looked pretty cozy. Yeah. That bed looked really comfortable. Yep. I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and posit that if you were laying on Jason's floor, <laughs> you oh, might be yeah. cozy, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if cozy okay. is the word. I don't know if cozy is the word that I would use to describe me laying on Jason's floor. Definitely ends in a Y. <laughs> 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 so Tyrion is peeing off the wall. Um, John tells Finally! Tyrion. Yeah. I gotta ask, do you reckon his pee would freeze on the way down? Because yes. I'm just imagining that some brother's standing at the bottom of the wall just minding his own business <laughs> when suddenly, bam, pee icicle to the face. <laughs> Some yeah. reason. I think he was off the north side. So. See, my right. thing is, I don't think it would sound like that because that's the sound of it hitting <laughs> the ground and the wall is, what, 800 feet up? It's pretty tall. It'd be like... So- Yellow snowflakes. They would be gentle. <laughs> I feel like it would probably, um, honestly, scientifically, it would probably evaporate on the way down. Well, it would have been a lot more steamy. I can pretty much guarantee that. Why are we talking? Chiki's chops. Why are we talking Chiki's about this? Much too much time devoted to this. Tells <laughs> 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 and he's sad to see him go, and they shake hands, say goodbye, and then oh, those two. Yeah. So final final TP is Arya. She's arriving for her first lesson with at Swords with Cyril Pharrell. He's teaching her... You mean Jack and Hagar? No, well... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's teaching her how to do Baby. water dance with wooden swords. Uh, Ned comes in and observes. He's smiling at first. And then I kind of like this effect where as they're, you know, hitting the wooden swords against each other... Um, it turns into the sounds of actual like metal swords clashing. And yeah, stitching. I thought that was. And then Ned smiles. Yeah. Appears. It's like Ned's having a flashback or something to actual combat. Yeah. I feel like um, there might be two things going on there. I feel like because as he's you know he initially is watching and he, he looks like he's finding it amusing or entertaining, um, but then yeah you see his face kind of fall and as you say you hear the the wooden sounds. Uh, the wooden sword start, he can hear sort of a metallic sword sound over it. I feel like, as Chicky said, he may be having flashbacks to battle, but I also sort of took that as him, you know, his fears for the inevitable future. Like, shit's getting real, winter is coming, um, and, you know, what's going to happen with his daughter? Is she actually going to have to fight? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I like the scene. I'm disappointed that Syria wasn't bald, but that's my only concern. I think Syria is amazing. He's supposed casting. to be bald. Um, yeah, in the books, wasn't he bald? I like his greasy hair. 
<laughs> you like yeah, I, I, I love the, I love the casting here. I think this is great. Yeah, yeah and he's, the, he's the actors have really good chemistry as well. Like Maisie Williams played really well off him. Yeah, I they cool. do, and you know she's she's <laughs> she, she deserves some credit for this. She's trying to to sword fight with her left hand, which mm-hmm. is um, Can and Arya is left handed, and it's one of the things that Maisie tried yeah. really hard to do, even though she herself is right handed. So yeah, it's really cute that she's. So into it, even with her offhand. Yeah. Which I don't know how old she was here, like maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. But anyway, that's the end of the episode. So, do you guys want to do any questions? Does anyone have any? Uh, I am um, just getting them now. We could do maybe I one. Do have, I did do we survive this episode? Yeah. Is that what just happened? We're done? We made, we made it, it, you guys. We, yes, made it. we got a little bit more to go. I did not, I did not fall asleep. Oh, Excellent. you guys, it, it, it was 3 a.m. for Alice when we started recording this okay. episode. So it's like 4 a.m. now. She's quite a trooper. No one understands. Poor, <laughs> you poor thing. Um, I do not have the questions. That's okay. We don't need them. But we did. Really? We can do them again. We can do them next time. Alice I mean, I think we have questions. Alice needs to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, I do remember Eon coming up with a question that we can discuss briefly, if you like. I think. And that, you, you want to finish? I want to get Alice to bed. I feel bad. All right. Let's get <laughs> Alice to sleep. Let's do the thank yous, if we All have right. any. We do have a couple. Um, we have one from Twitter, from Ion Tone, and it was for. Um, I love her, by the way. <laughs> Oh, Iron Throne, yeah, she's so awesome. Yeah. She's so amazing. She's been so supportive of like this. Like, the only before. person supporting this podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Besides okay, it our says, fan base, of course. Yeah. It says, Dorcast, oh my, N plus L equals J, Nedbert, <laughs> Crossing Swords, Tom and the Junior Accountant, <laughs> A Storm of LOLs, Hashtag A-S-O-I-A-F, A Song of Ice and Fire. Hashtag Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> Thanks, Iron Throne. We yeah, appreciate you so, so much. Absolutely everything. <laughs> and we have just two Anons. Um, first Anon says um, Ned X Rob slash Ned Bird. I have now discovered the correct name for my new favorite ship. Shipper. Ooh. Of course it was with Robert Baratheon. Clearly these guys were in love with each other. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly they were. This Clearly. was the anon, yeah. this was the anon that sent in a an ask um a week or two back saying that they ship Ned and Rob and we weren't entirely sure whether they meant Ned and Robert or Ned and, and Rob Stark. So they've just right written into okay, the so they're it clarifying Ned. for us. It's Thanks Ned, for clearing it up because we were a little bit worried about the Ned Stark and Rob Stark shipping, but we're we're a okay with right. Ned and Rob. Okay, you two like <laughs> incest. We, uh, <laughs> we I was about to say Chicky, we we love incest. <laughs> Not that incest. <laughs> Our last one is really like the last podcast, except for one thing. You didn't spend enough time talking about how hot Joseph Maul, Benjamin Stark is. So to rectify this matter, I suggest that you spend at least five minutes in your your next podcast talking about this. I'd let them go for a bit. 
I think we probably did spend, you know, close to five. I think we did okay. <laughs> he's yeah. hot. He's hot I as fuck. That, that pieces you, Anon. We love him. He's amazing. We do love him. Okay. And is that the last one? That was it. Do we have a story as well written based on oh, yeah. inspired by the podcast? Oh, we do. We have a, um, a fic that was inspired by the ship Ned. Ashara's, Ashara's story? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Ashara, she's <laughs> on Tumblr, she's a sh- that, that turned me on. <laughs> oh, it was kind of hot. It was kind of hot. Um, yeah, that was from, me from um, for life. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alice. Um, yeah, that was from um, Ashara Starfall on Tumblr. She also goes by Down Looking Up. So, yeah, we loved it. Thank you so much for writing that. <laughs> oh, Alice. It. Especially the part where she describes there's a hint of manure. <laughs> oh, gosh. I like it when she talked about Rob Robert's uh, giant girth. <laughs> it was about his stomach. It was about his stomach. Sure it was. Sure. <laughs> oh god that's fun okay so that's it for acknowledgements and thank yous um just a reminder i am looking for favorite moments if you have them we've had a a few come in uh, mostly from joyous follies thank you um if you can get those in by december 23rd you can reach us at gmail at close the door and at gmail.com at our tumblr at close the door and come here dot tumblr dot com um also the jamie and brianne message boards jamie and brianne dot com and that's it. That'll wrap up the episode, guys. I should Thanks. mention we also have a Twitter. We have a Twitter which is at Door Podcast. If you ever want to tweet us any uh, any sort of message, we would like that too. Yeah. Thanks for joining us tonight or this morning, Alice. Appreciate yeah, it. Alice, Alice, you Alice. So much. Anytime, trooper. <laughs> Stay up till dawn. Just let us know. We'll have you back. She, she did. <laughs> we'll be here talking about <laughs> night, everybody. Good night, guys. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.